Older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Good evening, sisters. From the very beginning of creation, God stated, it is not good for man to be alone. Of course, the initial solution to that problem of aloneness was when God created woman um, to be man's companion and his helper. In the New Testament, the principle still holds true that it is not good for us to be alone. And God established the church ultimately for his glory, but also for the support and happiness of the children that he loves. Christianity is a one another experience. So the church is intended by God to be a place where we can not only express our love for him in the ways he's asked us to express that love, it's also intended by God to be a place to have a spiritual family, a family to celebrate with you during all your triumphs and joys in life and to be there to support you during your darkest times. As we interact with one another, we discover our talents and are provided with opportunities to use those talents to enrich not only our own lives, but also the lives of others. We also learn in the church family how to get along with all kinds of people from all kinds of backgrounds and with all kinds of personalities. And two, like Jesus, sacrifice our own desires for the good of imperfect people. In short, within our church relationships, we learn to get over ourselves. It is God's plan that during the course of being in a relationship with one another, that we grow spiritually all the qualities and virtues that give us a much happier life now and also prepare us for uh, to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. So although we are created to be social creatures, of course, social engagement comes more naturally to some people than others. And we're hoping tonight that we can help you be more fulfilled and productive as you work toward building warm, meaningful, and productive relationships within your congregation. If you've got certain weaknesses or fears related to social engagement that you'd like us to address during our live recording tonight, we would be open to helping where we can. And so you can leave those comments or those questions um, down, those questions down in the comment section, and we will reply to them after the program and do the best we can. So let's bring up the panel now and see how my girls are doing tonight. My soul sisters. Hey. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Isla, what's up with you tonight? Come home. We've come home from a wonderful trip uh, out west, uh, kind of where you are now, I think. And yeah. we uh, are tired, of course. It always takes a little while to recover. Uh, but uh, we're just doing great and uh, getting back into the work and, and worship with yeah. you here. Sometimes you got to go home to, to recover from a 
Right. It's supposed to be a vacation, right? right. <laughs> How about you, Allison? What's going on? Actually, I'm in Orlando now. I'm down um, just before I'm, I'm going to be the vocal coach at Camp Rock. So I'm super excited about that. But I came down a little bit early to visit and do some things. So, yeah, that's where I'll be next all next week. So I'm super excited about that. Great. Fantastic. Fantastic. You have great. such an interesting line of work. It's just really, <laughs> it's really cool what you do. And it's such a great place to influence the next generation, I think, for good. So I love that. Love that. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we thought it would be best to start our conversation tonight by exploring what God says about the value of being bonded and engaged and working closely with our church family. So we're going to look at a few scriptures just to lay our foundation tonight, and then we'll get into some very, very practical things. So, of course, First Timothy 1.5, this is a verse that you have heard me repeat um, over and over again on Older Women Likewise. It's one of my favorite verses because it's really one of those verses is like, what, why, why do we do what we do as Christians? Why are we working so hard here on Older Women Likewise to share God's truth with the next generation. Here's the goal. First Timothy 1 5. The goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So the goal is not head knowledge. It is not like some kind of ways to show getting ways to show off. We are here to have no ulterior motives. Um, and so I think tonight's goal is to multiply love among our sisters. Uh, first Timothy, I mean, uh, first Peter four, eight through 11 also is another verse that talks about what God has to say on the importance of being bonded and engaged and working closely with one another. Isn't it interesting that he says above all, like this is number one. It kind of reminds me, we, it said the goal of our instruction is love. Now that now in first Peter four, eight through 11, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another. Because love covers a multitude of sins. I mean, it prevents a multitude of sins. It heals a multitude of sins. And listen how the rest of this uh, verse gets so practical. It says, be hospitable to one another without complaint. Like we're supposed to enjoy it. As each one has received a special good gift, employ it in the serving of one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks, it is is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified. Note that it, it's not so that in so that you can get the appreciation that you finally deserve. No, it's so that in all things God may be glorified. Through Christ Jesus, to whom belongs the glory and dominion forever and ever. I don't know if you guys have any responses to those particular verses, 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11, 1 Timothy 1, 5. Any thoughts on those? I think those are, are great scriptures for us that really tell us, you know, why we want yeah. to be socially engaged. I mean, it really, and that's definitely laid the foundation for it because the practical is good, but we need to yeah. have that basis of why we're doing that. Mm -hmm. And then Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 is another foundational verse. And this will be the, my last verse on this. It says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up 
in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body and the building up of itself in love. So really it's about growing the church, growing that closeness so that we can grow the church. Any thoughts on that, Allison? Yes. I mean, my verse actually goes together with that. Um, I, I was looking at 1 Corinthians 12, 18 through 26, and it's talk, It's also talking about the body. Um, and before I read it, I, I had just gone to, I spoke at a, a conference in Dallas and I'd come back and my brother-in-law got up in church and he said, oh, I want to thank everyone for your prayers and for your food and the cards. Yes. Like, I didn't do, it was my brother, he was my family. I had done nothing. <laughs> And I was, you know how you kind of do that negative self-talk in your head. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, oh my goodness, you're terrible, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> I was like, you know what, Allison, you're a foot. You're, you're just oh. a foot. And so let's you're read the scripture, okay? Right. This is a scripture that inspired that. It says, but in fact, God has arranged the members of the body, every one of them, according to his design. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. And skipping down to verse 25. So there should be no division in the body, but that is members should have mutual concern for one another. If one part suffers, the other part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. So the body, it all works together. It, everybody is not the eye. Everybody, you know, sometimes you want to be yeah. a well manicured fingernail or an eyelash. <laughs> And sometimes you're just not right, but we yeah. all work together. And, you know, you said in the beginning, in your intro, you just need to get over yourself and yeah. that's it. we just get over yourself and work together. You do your mm -hmm. thing that you do. I'll do. And we all work together. Yes. It's all, it's going to look different. Like a heart doesn't do what a foot does and all of right. that. You're absolutely right. right. So there's all these opportunities of productivity that God says that he's gifted to women in the church. And you've made, you've made a great point where it's going to look different. Our service is going to look different based on the talents that he's given us. So um, as I was thinking, you know, we were thinking together as we were preparing for this, like what opportunities of productivity does God say he's gifted to women? Of course, Titus 2, 3 through 5 talks about our teaching what is good and our encouraging young women to love their husbands and, and to love their children. Um, and it generally talks about good works in 1 Timothy 2, 9 through 12. Um, so that would be like, so what is that? What is like some of the good works or teaching what is good? Well, 1 Timothy 5, 10 through 16 kind of gets into more specifics of what that might look like. So I thought I'd focus on that one. That one says um, that they were to help those who were having a reputation, like an ongoing um, habit of good works, these widows that they were going to um, assist. It says if she has brought up children, so there's a practical good thing that women are um, given if you have that capacity and you have that desire. If she has shown hospitality to strangers, okay, and it's not if she has shown hospitality necessarily to besties, you know, <laughs> it goes beyond besties to showing hospitality even to strangers. Then it says, if she has washed the saints' feet. What do you guys make of that? Is this, what are your thoughts on washing the saints' 
feet. Is that literal? If it's, is it metaphorical? What are we talking about here? I, I think it's like being an armor bearer or you get it. What do they need? Okay. I, how can I help yeah. you? What, what is it that you need to do what you need to do and to get in there? And yeah. I mean, washing feet, is, feet is not glamorous. You know, there you, you just go. roll up your sleeves and get in there. Yeah. So it might be scrubbing your sister in Christ's toilet if she can't get out of bed, right? I mean, it's right. kind of doing that. Like you brought up the armor bearer. That's a very humble thing. You're not like going to have the victory. You know, you're not the guy who gets the crown. You're the guy who helps the other person. So, yeah, the lowly, humble work. Um, and then it gives this general, and we're, we're again in 1 Timothy 5, 10 through 16. Then it gives kind of this general idea of assisting those in distress. I mean, when you think about all the different kinds of distress that people are going through and, you know, you brought up this thing about your brother. Um, and so certain people helped him in certain ways. Well, other people, though, if you're a sister, I mean, like there might be people he knows he can call or, you know, it's just, it's just going to look so, so different of how we might assist those in distress. And we need all those approaches to cover because some of us are better at. Personally, I'm better at kind of meeting spiritual needs and mental health needs. Like I want to take care of your emotions and your soul. I don't have a ton of nursing in me. And I'm kind of embarrassed about that because, <laughs> you know, there's so many people that are good at that. And I feel a little bit of shame around that sometime. But I just I want to take care of your heart and your soul and your mind. And so, yeah, it takes all of us to assist those in distress. But that's another work of the Lord. Anything else to add, girls, on that one before we get into some real specific situations and some practical ideas? We good to go? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get let's dig in then. So and I want to um, let those that are listening in tonight. Also, we're going to welcome you to add your own ideas as I introduce some questions. We know we've got a lot that we can even learn from you and you will think of things that we haven't thought of. So if whether you're having challenges that you want to put in the comment section or you have ideas to meet challenges, we are all ears with that. Okay. So here's our first practical question. What are some ways that we can socially engage before, during, and after worship services? Isla, what do you, what do you think about that one? Um, I think that, um, well, I wanted to, to say when, when we were talking last oh, week, sure. uh, we were talking about the extroverts and the introverts. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, Allison said, who's the introvert? And I said, it's <laughs> me, which is <laughs> odd because <laughs> here I am on a talking program all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, and an introvert is not somebody who's never wants to talk to anybody ever. Right. It's more selective, I think, in the talking to when it's easy for extroverts to get out there and talk to people and you see them going around in the congregation and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. And sometimes yeah. I can do that. And other times it's just it's not in me. I'm, I'm more introspective and I'm more mm -hmm. by myself. When if you're that kind of person and the person who doesn't you know, as we sometimes call a social butterfly, find okay. that other person who's not engaging and go and engage with them and just yes. sit down and talk with them and even ask 
what can I pray with you about today? Yeah. Uh, and and to, to you know, to, to, to try to really speak to that person. And as you said, Cindy, speak to their heart, not just, oh, how are you? And, you know, how are things? And those, those are good openings, but we can be better at it or go deeper with not everybody, not every time, but sometimes we can. But it just takes that face-to-face talking with people. Yes, yes, yes. I love your idea, Isla, because I think sometimes the very introverted people that are person that you may see off in the corner, they're probably going to be more comfortable with you coming up to them. Right. Some other person that they can really relate to, you know, as opposed to, you know, like sometimes they might feel more bombarded if social butterfly just, (laughs) you know, it's all over them. Right. <laughs> like, um, probably me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. I, it, all of this is a lot sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I like that you said that. And I think that's one thing is that ask for help. If, okay. Ask for help. You know, if, if you are an introvert and I've actually had somebody come to me and say, listen, I'm, I'm just really shy and I really like I want to do this. but I, I just don't know how. And I was like, girl, come on. Yeah. And and I made sure she was taken care of and I made sure she was included. And, but you know, if there is something to ask for help, that's okay. I mean, I have to ask for help on different things. It just not just because it's not this, but I think that's really important. We, we think that shows weakness and it's not ask for help. Love it. it. It always exposes you as being vulnerable when you do ask for help. But that's what we're all about as Christians, to be vulnerable to one another, just like we are to God. Yes, Mm -hmm. ma'am. And, and, you know, and so we do have to do that. And Mm -hmm. and for that person that's that's an uh, an introvert and wants to try to 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 get with, you know, to speak to other people is Mm -hmm. I always tell them, you know, God says the scripture tells us to love one another to be hospitable to one another. You don't have to be hospitable to 50 people, just one, <laughs> just one. And so you find that one, I, I, one person put it on Facebook. I'm, I'm the odd duck and I always try to find the other odd duck <laughs> so that I can, you know, we can relate. And yeah. that's what it takes is don't try to get up into a big group of people, but yeah, Find that one, you know, be hospitable to one another. So, got it. So, on a very practical level, before we go on to our next uh, question, I would, I would say, here's some very practical things: sit in a new place every week, so that you talk first to the different members around you. You know, a lot of people are kind of locked into their seat. And I did this when we were um, at our last congregation in Beaverton, where Mark preached for 28 years. I had to get. I had to put a timer on my phone because I kept going directly to where I was used to going. And so this alarm would go off like 10 minutes before it's time to sit down and it'd be like, sit in a new place. And so it just gets you out, you know, into these other circles. So that's a very practical idea. Um, here's a, here's one that I think is really, really important. After the closing, amen, get into the habit of lifting your eyes to this room full of wonderful people and jump from your seat and introduce yourself to the person that you know the least, the person you don't know, that visitor. And then 
engage them in conversation. And then when others arrive to do the same, give them the chance. And really, I think the best, the most good can be done is if you're able to move from person to person, starting with those that you know less and moving towards those that you know more. Um, invite visitors uh, to lunch, you know, maybe or over to eat what's in your crock pot at home, whatever that is. But um, yeah, those are my practical ideas of just that habit of who do I not know? Because your besties, they know that you were kind of all, it's the main thing is focusing on the people, almost like you're talking about, Isla, that are kind of on the outskirts. Who's not talking to someone? Who do I not know? Who's the most likely to be left out? Because you're going to have time later on to catch up with the people whose company, you know, you're kind of familiar with, more familiar with. So any, any other thoughts before I move on here? Well, I was going to say one of the great yeah. ways to get to know people is to teach the two-year-olds because okay. number one, they will tell you everything. Everything. That's right. Yeah. And, and the, the even best thing about teaching the two-year-olds is if you're insecure as a teacher, they never go <laughs> home and tell that you're a terrible teacher. Like it just kind of like, but I, I do have like, if anybody is interested in actually teaching the twos, I do have like a little template of sec of like minute by minute, what to do in a 45 minute class that if you oh, like a message in there, I will private message it to anybody who wants that. But that has helped me get to know people and like, yes. then you have something to talk about like, Oh, do you know what he said in class? It just gives you a yes. little anchor there. That's right. Yeah, you have this little one in common that you both love. I love that. Yeah. All right. So found, go ahead, Ila. Well, I have found too, especially with visitors, to ask them, you know, after you say hi, how are you? And and okay. what, brings, you know, what what brings you here? You know, what brings you to us? And uh, to try to to ask them more probing questions than because it's why are you here kind of comes off crazy, you know, but uh -huh. what brings you to us and what are you looking for? And, you know, to help them to uh, identify what they're looking for, uh, whether it's the Lord's church or just a church yeah. or, you know, whatever, but that helps them, I think. And it helps you to, to, to make a meaningful conversation. Absolutely. Like, oh, are you, are you, do you live close by? Are you guys traveling? And that kind of narrows it down. Right. Or are you, if, if they're, if they're live close by, it's like, oh, you're, are you new to the area? Mm -hmm. You know, instead yeah. of like zoning them a little bit. Right? right. All right. So what are some ways now girls um, that we can use our homes to be socially engaged with our local brothers and sisters in Christ? Allison, you want to go first on that one? Sure. Um, I, I, I like, I love the teens. I like, I just, you know, and really they entertain themselves, but I mean, yeah. there's certain things that you can do. You can have a game night you can have, and that doesn't have to be limited to the teens or kids or whatever, yeah. but it just, you guys come over and I, I, you don't have to entertain them, like set out, I don't know, yeah. and you're done and they just visit and I like that about that or set out a game, those kind of things. Um, mm -hmm. Just come over. Yes. Sometimes I do want to say sometimes we're, yeah. we're insecure about our house. You know, okay. maybe it's not as clean or it's not as big or somebody says ha has a nicer house or whatever. But okay. I, you know, I think it's like the widow's might, you know, 
it's not much, but it's all she had. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, yeah. I love it. I love going to people's houses and it's not, you anticipate maybe some judginess, but it's never there. Like that's just all mm -hmm. in your head. Right. Absolutely. This is not a performance right. <laughs> where you're going to be graded exactly. for your skills. You are already loved and accepted. And so what matters most is to focus on the lives of those other people you've invited over, the genuineness of your conversation that you have with your guests. I mean, it's not the place settings. Go for the go for the paper products and be yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. One of the things I've found with older women, uh, widows, particularly uh, women that are single, that um, where, when they were younger, they were used, they had a, a dish that they fixed, that they enjoyed a meatloaf or a lasagna or a soup or something like that, that doesn't go well for one. Uh, and um, I have encouraged widows to get together even once every week or two or three or yeah. whatever. And everybody bring that special dish that, that to share with one another to make a meal of it and then to take samples home so oh. that you have some variety of foods. And that doesn't take a lot of, of fancy food, like you said, uh, yeah. you know, paper plates. And it's the being together and the sharing uh, that Absolutely. makes it. Right. I love that. I hadn't thought about that. So I guess before we um, move on to our next question, I'm also going to add that just really consider that the ball is always in your court when it comes to having people over socially, like the ball is in your court. Cause so many, I feel bad when so many sisters are like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not getting invitations to people's houses. No, it, the ball is in your court. Mm -hmm. um, it's always your turn to initiate social engagement. And I think we do well too, to not expect paybacks. I think that's a biblical principle to not really do the hospitality to expect paybacks. You know, it's more of a giving, you know, don't expect it to be reciprocal necessary. So one practical idea is to get out the church directory and dedicate one, whatever, whatever the, um, I guess, the frequency that you're comfortable with, whether it's one night, some people are super social one night a week, let's, let's have that be our, you know, our hospitality night, other people are like a month, once a month is like, that stops for me. Whatever it is, um, think about how wonderful it would be to have every person from your congregation over at least once a year. Um, and it sometimes it takes several attempts to try to find a time that works. But I think many people will find that their social life really expands once you've had that time when you were together and you built up, you found out what you had in common and you really built something to talk about. Then I think that just is, can often be the beginning of a, just a really fulfilling and active social life in terms of, you know, with spiritual emphasis when I say social life. <laughs> so next question, what are some of the best ways that we can use technology to be socially engaged in a way that benefits everyone? Ilo, any ideas on that one? I tell you, we yeah. have done so well in our congregation with Zoom classes it has been fabulous. I mean, we, mm -hmm. and uh, we have a Thursday night class just before this uh, class that, that, that we teach. And it has been wonderful. And I was telling one of the ladies tonight, 
I don't think we need to change this because it's so nice not to have to get in the car and drive in the dark. And we're old after all. And, then, <laughs> right. and, and, you know, and then drive back home again and some to an empty house. And I said, you know, this technology is fabulous for us. Yeah. But, uh, being able to email one another, texting one another. We have yeah. a church directory that is set up where it's so easy for us I mean, to, to be uh, engage with yeah. one another. You've seen it, haven't you? Uh, I have. Let's and let's put that in our comment section. Yeah. If we can yeah. do that afterward because that that's a resource I think that not very many people know about. So that'd be great. It, it yeah, is. I really observed that. Yeah. Did yeah, yeah, it was really good. Allison, yeah. what do you have on this? Um, well, one of the things that I do with the girls that sing for me is whenever they say I have a performance, I ask yeah. them, okay. They have a performance or an audition or a, I had a girl who was singing. Uh, she had a tryout for uh, talent at Miss America. And I was like, tell me what time it is. And I go yeah. to my phone and I Siri and I say, Siri, remind me to pray for Amanda at 730 on Tuesday night. And that comes up and I always send them a little text just mm -hmm. saying. And because how many times have you said you'd pray for somebody and then you forgot? Right. Yes. So if I don't yes. do that with my phone and it just gives them. And then I have girls that sang for me 15 years ago that will text me and say, Miss Allison, you pray for me about blah. And it's that mm -hmm. having that technology in your mm -hmm. phone. You know, I have no memory skills. I put in my <laughs> phone. I will remember. And then I just one other thing that I love. OK, is yeah. I, I love Amazon products. Okay. okay. And you have your yeah. church directory. If yeah. some little five-year-old loves unicorns and it's her birthday, it, you can spend $5 and go on Amazon <laughs> and have it delivered to their house. If right. I had um, a girl who had, I forget, she was sick for like two weeks. And so I uh -huh. sent her a doll, like $7, oh, you know? And so it's idea. just, it's yeah. different and it's so nice and it's so easy. Now yeah. I have their addresses in my Amazon and I just click. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it's not yeah. expensive, but it's just so nice. And it's a little something different. Yeah. Great. That's a great idea. And you know what? Your first idea reminded me of something. If you hear an announcement that so-and-so is having surgery on, you know, Tuesday afternoon, your idea works for that too. Or like so-and-so is going in for a test. So-and-so, and we can text people if we, if we have our phones out when announcements are being given, then we could oh, yeah. say it would tell us when to send a send something encouraging to them. Mm -hmm. That would be a, a yeah. little other thing well, that we could do using your idea. I That's always good. put my prayers in my phone because yeah. I never know my my bulletin or whatever. I never know where that is, but I know where my phone is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that works. The only other idea I had on technology was doing a meetup. Do you guys have, you guys heard of, does your congregations use meetup sometimes to start Bible classes and things like that? It's like you put an ad on this meetup.com. It's, it's this site where if you have an interest, you invite people to do whatever your interest is. Well, we, we've done Bible studies gatherings using meetup.com. And so that can be a really, really great resource technology wise. Right. Right. 
All right. So what are your ideas around being socially engaged when we are socializing with our church family? Like say we're at a various gathering outside. I don't know if we're at a potluck, maybe we're at a wedding, maybe we're whatever the event is. So you're worth your, you're with your church family. It's not necessarily during assembly time, but everyone's gathered together in kind of more of a social situation. Any ideas for introverts or anyone? Um, what can someone do to kind of, I guess, use that opportunity to grow closer to their church family? Isla? Um, I, in studying about the, for this lesson, I uh, came across a really good idea that I hadn't oh. thought about before. It's when you ask a question of somebody, oh, you know, what do you do for a living? Ask three more questions oh. and ask them, well, how did you come to do that? Or yeah. what do you like best about that job? Or yes. what do you see yourself doing in the future? But ask and, and I have to keep up because, you know, I, but I will one, two, three. And, and you, <laughs> you know, and ask how many questions have I asked? And to, to, to probe more, to find out more about them, they'll feel closer to you because they'll feel understood. You'll feel closer to them because you understand more about them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love that, Isla. How about you, Allison? Um, I like to ask, and once again, you know, I'm going back to the kids, but like to ask them, Hey, are you playing any sports? What do you play? Mm -hmm. And like, and then I, well, I can tell you that I can name every single person who came to one of my daughter's softball games because it um, meant something to me. Right. Um, yeah, it, so special. If you came to one of my kids things, I, I, it just, okay, you're my people now, you know, yeah. And so yeah. to go to kids and be, you can be an introvert and go and sit at a basketball game. Mm. You don't have to know anything about basketball. You don't have to know anything about, and you know what? They have great snack stands. So, you know, there's always uh -huh. that. <laughs> just go to the game. If you, it, and then you have something to talk about with the family. You have something to talk about with the kid because you know, the parents are going to make the kid come. Thank you for coming. Right. You know? But then when you see them in church, it's like, hey, that was so great. I loved whatever. But mm -hmm. it just connects you, those kind of things. Absolutely. So I know in the congregation at Beaverton, a lot of the retired folks would go go to the plays and go to the music performances yes. and that yes. kind of thing. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. It means so much. My idea along this line of what we're doing in social gatherings um, with our church family is work the room. I walk around after each conversation has had closer closure and see what others are talking about. So here, I don't know if this sounds awkward or not. How does this sound? Cause this is what I used to do all the time. Um, you see a circle of ladies talking, right? Maybe they're all sitting around in the pew, you know, uh, facing each other and everything. And you walk up and you stand a few feet away and you smile really big and they see you doing that. And then, you go like, guys, I don't want to interrupt. And then you know what they're going to do like 99% of the time, get over here, girl, you know, yeah. like get in here. We, I'm like, what are you guys talking about? So I think <laughs> usually if people are talking about something super personal and private, they're usually not going to do it in a public setting like that. Mm -hmm. And hey, if they are, they'd be like, hey, give us 10 minutes and we need you to come and, you know, we'd love to see, you know, see you involved in this conversation. But I mean, I've never had that happen. Always, always, they're always like, get in here, come sit down and talk to us. So just walk up to that circle and smile and just be like, I don't want to interrupt. And that's when they go, come on in. So, I, so that's, Good idea. 
that's an idea for introverts um, or extroverts, anybody. So next question, what can we do to encourage every member of the congregation to be socially engaged? Like, I guess we're talking about encouragement. We have no control over <laughs> how socially engaged someone else chooses to be, right. right? So we're not trying to put that burden on you, but there maybe there are some things that we can do to encourage every member of the congregation to be socially engaged. So Allison, do you have any ideas on this one? Um, when I was about 16, one of the um, deacons came to me and said, hey, tonight after church on Wednesday night, we're going to be learning a new hymn and we want you to come and sing with us. And I was like, you know, I, it just, it was a turning point for me because up to that point I had only taken and they didn't really need me, but he encouraged okay. me to come and it yeah. just made me feel invested and apart because he had, and it was nothing to him to ask me, but I still remember that. Mm -hmm. And I think that we were learning a new song and I was like, okay, I'm going to go and find, even there was an eight year old girl who sings really well. And I was like, Hey, are you coming? Because we're learning a new song and we need you. And to look at that thing, not the same old, same old, but to seek out people who aren't necessarily involved in that, but to make them feel invested. Yes. Everyone likes to feel needed. Right. Um, especially yes. a young person who's not used to being needed. Right. It just feels so God made us to want to feel productive. And so... Right. And Fantastic. it can be like, hey, you made that cake at the last um, potluck. Can I have that yes. recipe? I always think yes. those kind of things pull people in. Uh-huh. Isla? Um, I think also what we need to do is, is like Allison was saying, we need to recognize and appreciate the value of each of the members. Like you said at the very beginning, we all have our own good thing that we bring to it. And we need to look for that in each of us. Even the person that isn't socially engaged has a redeeming quality. They've got something good about them and find that thing and recognize that. Mm -hmm. The other thing I would say is we need shared experiences to have conversation and to have that relationship with one another. And sometimes we have to artificially make those shared experiences happen, like the deep asking you to join them with the singing. Uh, yeah. and sometimes we need to say, I'm wanting to go visit sister so-and-so who's at the nursing home. Could you mm -hmm. go with me mm -hmm. um, and ask that small favor because mm -hmm. it's, that's another way to engage people. If you ask them a favor and they do that for you, it builds up those good feelings back and forth. The Benjamin Franklin effect is what it's called. <laughs> is uh, it? It's really studied, cool. yes. Cool. Uh, and uh, so we need to, those, those are the kinds of things that we can do to engage people um, and to not, we have to be careful of judging, well, so-and-so never comes to any potluck. Okay, potlucks are not their thing, but... They will, if presented with an, a, a problem, an issue, a, a situation that needs their expert help, they'll do that. Well, that's social engagement. Mm -hmm. I love you guys' answers. So, so practical. Um, and I know some ladies start like a monthly gathering, maybe at a coffee shop to study or write encouragement cards. And, and I think that's a great idea as far as like, if you've got a ladies class that meets at a church building, 
What if you met at a relatively quiet public location? I mean, that would raise those chances of someone meeting up with you guys or seeing like, oh, what are they up to? Or walking past and you could invite them in and that kind of thing. So starting something like that, other ladies have started like a walking group. Um, I mean, there is always a lot of get to know you conversations on walks and hikes. You know, you're not necessarily facing each other. You're facing out into nature. But really, that is really a great time to really connect and learn uh, what your challenges are. And and just, you know, it's a great I guess it's just great, uh, a great bonding opportunity. A lot of people help on moving days or other projects um, that creates bonding. And I guess even if you if you think that you have the ability to head up like a camping trip or a ladies retreat, um, those extended times like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I mean, those kinds of times can really, really transform and really, really deepen relationships. So unless you guys have something else to add, I'm going to go ahead and make my little closing statement and then Isla can say goodbye for us. Anything else you'd like to add tonight? It's great. Yeah. great. Are we good? good conversation. All right. <laughs> All right. Very good. So I just wanted to close with the thought that God has created us and loves us even more than we can love our own children. We ourselves um, that we ourselves have brought into the world. And his ultimate goal is similar to the desire that we have for our own children. And that is for our children's genuine happiness and well-being. The church, God's family, is intended to be a primary source of happiness and productivity for all Christians. And we hope tonight that this conversation has inspired you to some fresh practical ideas around how you can love your church family just a little bit better. And so let's do a little something every day to knit our hearts together. And so that's our program. And Isla, would you close up shop for us tonight? Well, I want to thank you very much for leading this discussion, Cindy. It was really a pleasure. Excellent. And Alison, such a pleasure to be with you. Okay. We're looking forward to some more conversations in the future with you. It's just been such, yes. such a joy to work together. Yes. <laughs> Um, next week, Cindy is going to bring us a lesson, another one from the virtues that she's been talking with us about, about diligence. And uh, Cindy, any pre-thoughts that you want to share about uh, what you're going to or keeping it under wraps? Which one? <laughs> I just think it, it feels so good to be productive. And maybe I've already made that point in our in our talk tonight. But I'm amazed at, at what I'm witnessing around the country. You know, I've been on the road living out of this van that I'm recording in. I've been living on the road for over 10 months now. And the diligence that I'm witnessing among the sisters in Christ, I mean, I'm blown away. So I almost feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but we all have room to fine tune. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be talking about diligence next week. Great. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Don't forget Tuesday nights, Answering Religious Error at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, they're working on becoming the man that God expects them to be. And uh, excellent lessons that are being presented and ideas that are being discussed. Uh, also on Wednesdays, they have a Q&A and it's live. And they have this really neat meme thing that they do at the beginning, which is really cool. I enjoyed that. 
Um, and they talk about that. And then they answer questions that they have already received and some that they're getting uh, during the lesson. So it's a live Q&A, a good time for you to send in a, a question uh, that you maybe something you've been wondering about, about the Bible. And they really will give you some great Bible answers. And next Thursday, don't forget about Older Women Likewise, 8 o'clock uh, Eastern. Cindy's going to be talking with us about diligence. Thank you so much for joining us this evening and good night.